Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, a life-changing fellowship. Join us today as she ministers. Fight the good fight. You will be blessed and enlightened with today's message. Let us join in with Pastor Helen Young. Stop. 
said, that are intimidating to their, you know, opponent. They are. But to fight a good fight, you go into that fight with the mindset, I'm going to win. They have a little statement that says, sticks and stones may break my bones. But those words, I tell you, the words sometimes, those words sometimes can't hurt you for a lifetime. But I want to tell you this. I'm not going to fight without having a made-up mind that I'm going to win. It does not matter sometimes how long the fight goes on, but I do have this assurance that somebody got my back and I'm going to win. And that's the one I'm talking about is the Lord Jesus. Now, you might be saying fight the good fight, but what what is a fight and why do I fight? The enemy comes at us a lot of times. Once we're in Christ, the enemy is always there to tell you that you cannot accomplish this or you cannot accomplish that, but you can. This is the fight that I'm talking about. There are situations in life that would make you look defeated, whether or not it's because of your nationality, your race, or your religious belief, and those other things, you can't win. And it's not always with the fist. You've seen a lot of things accomplished by a person or a group of people, and they did it without violence. We always think about Martin Luther King with the marches. It wasn't about violence, but he had the mindset of a winner. And a winner is this, I'm going to win this battle. I don't care if it takes however months, how many years, how many days, I'm going to win it. And they had that mindset of win. So you want to say, why fight? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. It's over in Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse number 12. And what does it say in Matthew 11, verse number 12? It says, But, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven, what, suffered violence. And what's the next couple of words? But the violence taken by foes. By force. Let me tell you something. Has it not been like this, for an example? Somebody going to do something to you? It's, oh, it's not going to be like that. Uh-uh, you're not going to win. My God is greater than your God. I remember as kids coming up and they said, but my dad is better than yours. My dad is going to win. And they'd be boasting on that. And they'd come to the point that I know my daddy can. You know, your daddy might be, you know, said, boy, just let it go. Or girl, you know, but they're going to stand up. But we have to be like that in our faith walk. The enemy could come in the form of cancer or sickness or something, but you have to believe God's word, that God is going to be the victor in this situation. He's not going to leave you helpless. He's not going to leave you defeated because there is no defeat in Christ. It says what? The violence takes it by force. You have to have a radical mind. 
in that vision, you're going to do that which is right, and you will be successful. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 11 and 6, a familiar passage. What does that say? It says, but he who comes to God will find it first. I want us to read it so that our eyes can understand what we're reading. Hebrews 11, verse number 6, it says, but what? Without what? Faith? It is impossible to what? To please? To please him. And who is to him? He's talking about God. God goes on our faith. And if you don't have faith, you can't please God. For he that comes to God must believe that God is and that he is a what? A rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. So what I'm saying is this. Why fight? Because God is your rewarder. When you fight in the strength of God, that, that doesn't mean say, God, let me have this. I got this, God. No. Vengeance is the Lord. And if you say, God, you're bigger than what the adversary is saying to me. God, I give this over to you. I catch all of these words and cares in you. I'm fighting against this, God. I'm going to stand on your promises. God, you said your promises are yes and amen. God, look at what they're doing. Don't you know what God would do it? The disciples said, care it's not that we perish, God. God came in what? He said, peace be still to the sea. God will fight your battle. I don't care what it is. No sicknesses, no loss of job, unemployment, loss of hope, nothing like that can do anything. God is greater than that. Our God is so powerful that if we begin to trust God and say, God, you are the strength, I look to you, God. God says, okay, so what do you need? Well, God, I don't have the monies for this. Don't you know God will take care of it for you? But how do you fight? You go inside of his word and you get your scriptures. That is according to what your need is, and he will do it for you. Why do we need to fight? First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking those that he can destroy. If the enemy is coming, coming around trying to destroy you, what do you do? You fight. Right. Even the doctors will tell you, you have to fight to get well. You got to. So what do you mean you have to fight? You have to will inside of your mind. I want to live. I want to prosper. I want to be in good health. John talks about it. Beloved, above all, I want you to what? Prosper even if your soul prospers. Then I want you to, to be in good health. So what is saying? You have to fight for what you want. You just can't just quit and say, whoa and woe is me. Even though the enemy... Is trying to appear as something greater than you. Greater is Christ on the inside of you than anything that's outside. Say that you're a lie. Get thee behind me. That's why we should fight. Because we are victorious people. Then you're asking, who am I? What am I fighting against? Who is it? What am I fighting? You talking up here, standing up here saying, I need to fight. But who am I fighting against? Everything is going pretty good with me. I'm happy. I'm making good grades. I'm happy. I've got a pay raise and things like that on my job. The enemy always.
and turn you upside down. But you have to know who you are in Christ in order for you to be victorious. So you're saying, well, I I don't quite understand. You're in class, and you're up against a challenge called a test. You walk into your classroom, and the teacher says, today we're going to have a test. And your little heart goes, boom, 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 boom. Oh, no, I get frightened when I think about a test. Do you know that the enemy will come to your mind and say, you're going to fail this test? But if you say, no, I'm not talking to you, so I'm not going to do this. God, would you help me? God said, yeah, I'll beat him up for you. And how how would God beat up the devil at your time of testing? He will allow your mind to bring back to your remembrance those things that you were taught in your class. So God would bring that to you, then you ace the test. Boy, the enemy was defeated because God allowed you to remember that was going on. So who am I fighting against? In the book of Psalms, chapter 3, and verse number 1, I want to just read that for a moment. Psalms, chapter 3, and verse number 1, listen to this. Lord, how are they increased? that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Look what verse 2 says. Many there be which say of mine, of what? I soul. There is no what? There is no help for him in God. Pause and think on that. And verse 3 says, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. Verse 4 says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Listen to that. Verse 6 says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Listen to that. What David is saying that there are thoughts that come and attack our mind daily. No one is exempt from having those thoughts come. Nobody. I don't care how strong or how powerful that man or woman of God is. There are thoughts that come that say, no, you can't do it. No, you're not going to be able to get that television station. Maybe you're not going to get that radio station. No, you're not going to get this. No, you're not going to get that. Thoughts are going to come. And they say, you're not going to be able to do this and that. But you said, God, those thoughts of on the inside of me said that I can't do it. I'm not tall enough. I'm not strong enough. But God, you are going to help me. God says, yes. What do I say about you? And you say, well, God, you say that I am an overcomer. God said, yes, you are. God said, what else do I say about you? I can do all things through you, God, because you are strengthening me. So we're fighting against the enemy because he's always trying to tell us that we can't accomplish this or that. Yes, you can. Because God is greater on the inside of you than any words that ever come against us. Then you would say, well, what do you, who am I fighting against? Go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and verse number 12. Ephesians, chapter 6, and verse number 12. And what does it say in that passage? Oh, we wrestle what? Not against what? But against what? Against what? Against the rulers of 
talking about people that's going to beat us up with knives and things like that. Sometimes, you know, we have to. But a lot of this is in our mindset on how we perceive ourselves, of how much power do we have. Let's look at, for an example, do you remember when Moses sent out the, the spies to spy out the land? And he sent out how many? Twelve? And how many came back with a good report? Only two. Two came back with a good report, right? And Joshua and Caleb. Now, what happened to the other ten? Now, here they are. They're going into a land, and they they get to this great vine, okay? The scripture says that it took two men to cut down one bunch of grapes. Okay? Now, you know, when you go to the grocery store, uh, parents, and you take your kids, and you hold those little grapes that are like this in a cluster, you know, you say, ooh, uh, someone you can say, I didn't bang on uh, one grape or fall in my mom right now with one hand. But the cluster of grapes that they had there in that time, one cluster was in this big, it was gigantic. And they had to put it on a pole, and two men had to carry it on their shoulders. Can you imagine that? A pole is holding one cluster of grapes. And that was, they packing that. Just that one grape. Oh, Jesus Christ, look at us. Come on. It's bigger than a grapefruit. Come on. So they had the ten spies that says, we can't take this land. Did the people see us as giants? Well, the people didn't say, I see you all as, as grasshoppers. This is what they said. They see us as grasshoppers, and they are giants, is what I mean to say. Well, the people didn't say, say I see you like a little bit of grasshoppers. No, they didn't. Their mindset, because they saw the people, they were scared in their mindset. So they gave back a fear report and said, we can't take this land. There are giants in the land. But two of them, Caleb and Joshua, they say, we are well able to take the land. They did not have a defeated attitude. They knew that the God that they served was greater than any giant. And if God allows them to go in and get that cluster of grapes, their God will allow them to go in and conquer that land. And as you continue to read in the Word, they did, Joshua got the land that God promised him. The thing of it is, you have to fight always, and you're fighting the words that are coming at you on a daily basis. And you have to have the mindset, I am a victorious warrior in the body of Christ. I can do this in the body of Christ. Yes, we can. The Bible tells us all the time that we ought to pray without ceasing. It says, if any two shall touch and agree, it's always telling you that there is power in unity and in prayer. It only takes two people to touch to get the effect that God wants us to have the power, the victory of that. It takes two because everybody, you can get five people in every person has a different view. But I tell you this, if you got another person, just get them, who trust and believe and walk in faith, the two of you can move mountains. God talks about faith, believing. That's why he says, without faith, it's impossible to believe in God. 
mind that says that you're too little or you're not the right this or the right that to do it. <clears throat> the world will say that to be able to play basketball, you have to be X number of inches high. I mean, tall. See, tall, you, but there are men that are short. They will run up against you and got the ball in the hoop and the basket, and you said, what was that? They went against the odds of what it's here because God is with them. Yes, he can. <clears throat> I tell you, God is an awesome God. Amen. I was looking at a game on yesterday, and the other team won in the last couple of minutes of it. But I tell you, God is good. Amen. 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 I just like it when they trust God. I can do it. Yes, I can. Somebody said, I believe you can do it too. So we're going to what? We're going to believe God. Right, right. Oh, that reminds me of the Bible when it talks about Samson. <clears throat> you remember on his last days with Samson? You remember it? You're talking about fighting a good fight of faith. Samson. Remember they had cut off his hair? They blinded him. He couldn't see. And then this one day, they said, oh, we're going to have uh, the Coliseum is full packed. We're going to have Samson come out here, you know, to shame him and his God. Oh, he was killing all the Philistines and Samson this and Samson that. But the Bible says. Samson, something stirred up on the inside of him. He said, but God, if you just give me one more chance. So he gets a blind, another person to say, just put me, lead me to this place where I can press my hands. Then I said, Lord, you fight this battle. I said, Lord, they're talking about me, God. But they're really mocking you, God. Show yourself strong, God. And Samson, he had the attitude. He says, Lord, I know I didn't do right. But have mercy on me and hear my cry. And he just says, God, I'll serve you to my dying days. Lord, if you grant the victory today, I'll be home with you. But let me tell you this. The Bible says that he, God answered Samson's prayer. Why? Because faith rose up on the inside of him. And he recognized that it wasn't so much because of the strength of his hair. It was because the greater inside of Samson than what the people knew about. The Bible said that Samson, in that last moment, destroyed and killed more Philistines than all the great and awesome work that Samson had done before time. Why? Because faith rose up on him, and he fought the good fight, saying, God, vengeance is yours. They're talking about you. God, they mocked me. God, but I, I forgave, I repented. God, Lord, give me another chance. God did it. It caused him to be more victorious. Amen? So who we're fighting against? The enemy that will try and come. Sure, there will be enemies that's going to come and plague our natural minds. But enemies are going to come and plague our natural minds. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to know that. 
that God is greater than anybody out there. I've heard testimonies of people that were getting robbed inside of their home. And they have asked God at that last moment, God, I need your protection. And God miraculously saved them. I've heard of incidents in the natural where a particular woman was about to be molested and raped, and she cried out to the Lord, and a shield came up before her, but it could not touch her. God is not a respecter, people. He can protect you mentally as well as physically, but it all depends upon your faith in God. Your faith in God. There's a story called Faith Like Potatoes. When a man gave his heart to the Lord and then stepped out in faith, what? To grow potatoes at a time where it didn't rain or anything. Then he came under the what? The, the laughter of the city. They laughed and said, how can you grow potatoes when it's no rain? He said, God told him to do it. He believed God. And guess what? But Jesus came. It depends upon your faith in God and the work that came against him. You can't do this. It's the wrong season, the wrong time. This is not the great, great earth to do it in. But he says, greater is God. True story. The enemy will always try to come in, but you must fight to say, no, I'm not what you say that I am. The enemy will come and say, you can't do this and you can't do this. I remember on the other month we were talking about the guy that tossed that rolled peanuts, how he was a failure so the world say in what? In the things that he did in school and so forth and so on. But it's that godly parents, and they were continually telling what? You can do it. You can do it. You have a gift from God. You can do it. So his best thing was joy. He sent it to Walt Disney. They turned him down. They sent it to a newspaper. Peanuts. Charlie Brown. It's how you perceive yourself and how you overcome the world uh, coming against you with the powerful word of God. God says, I have made you. I've created you in my image and likeness. No good thing will I withhold from you. Walk uprightly with me. Do what I've told you to do. And every time the enemy come and say, ah, get thee behind me, Satan. I am a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You can say, well, then, I don't even know how to fight. Say, Pastor, I don't know how to fight. Uh, I don't have the, the, I don't have anything. Well, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, it starts, says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand. Go oh, then, just look at verse number 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the walls of the devil. Then it goes into the scripture that we just wrote, that we just read, but we wrestle not with flesh and blood. But the thing about it is, how can I fight? Put God in remembrance. Isaiah 43, verse 26 talks about putting me in remembrance. Now, I'll let you know that God don't forget. He, you know, he's not getting too old that he don't remember. But God likes a good conversation. All right, let's put it down on the natural side. 
has promised us to give us X for X, okay? Say so we're going to do this and that. And when that time came, we hadn't gotten it yet. And you go back and you say, hey, Mom, you remember, uh, I remember the day we were up at the mall and we were walking and we were looking at this, and you said you were going to give me A, B, and C. And Mom said, fine. You remember, Mom? Don't act like you've forgotten if you, you know. And your mother will say, yeah, I do remember. I can pay next week and I was going to give it to you. Then all they can say, I have it already. I wanted to see if he was going to remind me. They had forgotten. God doesn't forget, but he enjoyed conversation with us. Hebrews 4 and 16, it says, Come before God unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. Come boldly before the throne that we obtain mercy. God, I need mercy in this case. How am I going to fight? Lord, I, you know, I know I've done something wrong, but I need your mercy, your grace, and your forgiveness. Luke 9 and 23 says, Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Say, how to fight? Let's say, Lord, I've been always trying to do everything my way, and I'm making the same mistakes over and over. God, I decide to decrease, God, that you would increase in me. And, Lord, I'm going to take up you and be with you in your word, read your word, do what your word say. And that's how we fight. If we quit trying to overpower God, it amazes me how we uh, people get into the mindset that we can make God just work for us any kind of a way like, because of who we are. Uh, I came from this here, and I came from that, and I can No, it don't work like that. God adheres to his promises. He adheres to his word, not because of who we are, because if, we, if he did that, he, he would become a respecter person. But he don't. He acts on his promises and on his word to us. And Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 31, it says that I die daily. How do you die daily? You know what? You die with your mindset of you are in control. We have to remember that God is in control. Every day, Lord, help me not to get over and above you, try to tell you how to orchestrate this. Have you ever, have you ever had this problem? <clears throat> have you ever asked God for something and God seemed to you in your mind that he wasn't coming on time? So you go out and you begin to do it yourself. And you did it yourself. And you messed up. Lord, I need to die to myself, God, thinking that I can do it instead of you. This is what he said. Turn your will over to the Lord and let God do everything for you. Luke 18 and 1, it says that men must always pray and not to faint. Do you know how we're fighting the, the good fight of faith? Let me show you an example. Have you ever tried to read and you find yourself read the Bible and you find yourself going to sleep? But if you're reading your favorite novel, you could read it for two, three, four, five, six hours in a row and never get tired. And you work, oh, oh my God, it's 12 o'clock. I need to go to bed. But I'm going to just finish this chapter. And then I'm going to go to bed. And then before you go to bed, you're ready to read again. It is just so oh, exciting. But when it comes to reading the Bible, you, you turn to the book of First John, and, and you start reading that many chapters in First John. And, uh, and by the time you get to the second verse in chapter 1, your eyes are heavy and you're sleeping. Maybe you did okay, and you got to at least 
verse number four. Maybe fast one and two, three. And, and you find your arm so sleepy. You say, oh, no. And the enemy comes and just stabs us and says, yeah. And you be yawning and stretching and everything. And then all of a sudden you say, I'm so sleepy, I'm following the world. Then the enemy put back your book in your mind. Oh, he'll say, why don't you go get you a glass of water? You go and get a glass of water, flip by the TV, turn the TV on, and you sit there looking at TV. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, I need to read the Bible. So I pick up the Bible and I'm going to sleep. Oh, you say, oh, no, maybe i just go here. And That's the enemy coming in to keeping you from reading the Bible. Fight the good fight of faith. So how do you fight the good fight of faith when you're going to sleep? Stand up. Walk and read. Read out loud. Say, Satan, you're a liar and there's no truth in you. You're the father of all lies. I'm going to read this word. So you stand up and you read it out loud so that your ears can hear what your voice is saying. Amen? Isn't it like us for, for something? Luke 18, and once in a minute, men ought to always pray and not faint. First Thessalonians 5 and 17 says, you need to pray what? without ceasing. Does that mean that 24 hours you're praying, but you have to have a mindset of what God's word is to pray without ceasing? So every day during the course of the day, you know what you can say, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you. God bless your name, oh God. Pray without ceasing. Lord, I just thank you for today. That's a prayer. You know what else is prayer? Lord, I thank you that you have never left me. Lord, I thank you for strengthening my body right now. Those are prayers. Lord, I thank you for my mom and my dad. Thank you, oh Lord, that my parents got food at the house for me to eat. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those are prayers, all right? Philippians 4 and verse 8 says that we are to think on those things. What are the things we're supposed to be thinking about? Go to go with me to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. What does it say in that particular passage? It says this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are what? True. Whatsoever things are what? Honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are what? Pure. Whatsoever things are what? Lovely. Whatsoever things are a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any what? Praise. Think of those things. How can we do? Fighting the enemy, an idle mind, is, they say it's the devil's workshop. The idle mind will get you in trouble because it just brings about different things. It's not giving God praise. But if you begin to think of those things that are pure and lo- lovely, so what you say, what are things that are lovely? Can you not look at the sun and say, Lord, I thank you for the, for the sun that's brightening up today? Well, you say it's kind of cloudy out there. Lord, I thank you for the clouds because they are are yours because you made them, right? Lord, I thank you that the grass is, what, yellow right now, but I know when spring comes, it will flourish again. How you do that, God, is amazing to me. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, just go on to the next book, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 5, listen to this. It says, seek those things which are above. It says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are but above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Look what verse 2 says. Set your what? Affection on things above and not on things of the earth. So what are we talking about? What is the things that you are affectionate about, right? Some is about cars, some about games and that. But set your affection on God. Amen. 
relationship with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I love verse 5. Modify, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. It says, you know, kill your flesh. And begin to magnify God. That's how we fight. The enemy will always want you to what? Think on those things that are not good. But we kill the desires of our flesh when we begin to think about the things of God. Those things that are pure, lovely, just, have virtue about them. So what we're talking about, fight the good fight. Amen. But some of you are saying, well, I'm afraid to fight because the enemy is bigger than me. I can't get those thoughts out of my mind. First John 4, verse 18 says, First John 4, 18 says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love. It casts out all fear. Joshua 1 and 3 says, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, you will possess that land. So what? You're afraid? God has given us the victory. First John 4, verse 4 says what? Because great is he that's in you than what? Than he that's in the world. And I love this in Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, God has not given us what? The spirit of fear. But of what? But of power. And what else? And of love. And of a what? Sound mind. So you don't have to be afraid. God is with you. We quote this one a lot in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. We can even sing that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. If you're afraid, you have to know that there's no fear in God. He is absolute love and he'll be with you and never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. Is there a possibility of defeat when you're fighting? Not in God. Romans 8 and 37 says, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. First Peter 5 and verse 9 says, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. There's no defeat in God. Scriptures say that your brethren, that means other People that are in Christ are going through the same thing. It may not be the same identical thing, but is it the same situation? Without finance, without employment, what the enemy brings up against us, they're still going to that. The enemy is still saying that you can't do this and you can't do that. Revelation 12, verse number 11 says this. I think about my uh, one of my uh, uh, sons in the ministry who liked to get up and say, well, they overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen? I think about one of my ministers, Isaiah, would always talk about they overcame by that blood. Amen? And then some of you might have the thought, well, what will happen if I lose the fight? Oh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 answers that for you. With the temptation, God always makes a way to escape. So you can't lose it. He's a law, a way of escape. So what happened to Joseph? He ran. He made a way, but it wasn't the way that some of us would have liked. He got the victory, but he got the ultimate victory, second in command. 
to a king of that nation. Amen. What happens if I lose the fight? Let me go back with you to Proverbs 24 and 16. For a just man falls seven times, and yet he rises up again. Amen? So what happens? Sometimes you might fall, but you can still get back up again. Hebrews 10 and 35 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, for it has a great recompense of a reward for you. What happens if I lose the fight? You won't lose it. Ecclesiastic 9 and 11 say, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Fight a good fight and endure. That's how we do it. And in closing, I want to read something to you. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, I want to read this to you. I'm getting ready to close with this scripture. Acts, chapter 5, verse 35 through 39. And I'm going to read this for you. And said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourself what you intend to do as touching these men, talking about those disciples. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who were slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. Verse 37 says, After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of taxing and drew away much people after him, and he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Verse 38 says, And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone, for if this counsel or work be of men, it will come to naught. I love verse 39. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Let happily you be found even to fight against God. Listen to what it's saying. If you do for God, the enemy will have to flee and leave you alone. If you fight in the good faith of 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 faith, the good fight of faith, guess what? If this is from God that you're fighting, they will be found trying to fight against God. Their hands are too short to box with God. They cannot. But when you fight the good fight of faith, God will avenge you. He made it in his word that says, will I not avenge my own elect that cry out to me night and day? Fight the good fight of faith and let God do all the fighting. You do all the praying. You do all the trusting, all the believing in God. And watch God be the victor for you. Amen. Amen. If there's anyone that have heard the word today. And the word has convicted you that you have not been fighting this good fight. And that you need to trust God and to have God in your life. This is your moment. With all eyes closed and heads bowed, those of you that want to give your heart to the Lord, I want you to lift your hand up. You have just listened to 
Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, a life-changing fellowship. Thank you for joining us today as she ministered the word, fight the good fight. Till we meet again, be blessed. Remember, God has the best for you. Till we see you again. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.